Hello and welcome to The View from the Ninian. I'm Scott Salter and with two games to go in the Premier League season, it really is do or die for Cardiff City. On Saturday, we face Crystal Palace in a must-win game if we're going to survive. If Cardiff City lose on Saturday, they're mathematically relegated, with four points separating them and Brighton outside the relegation zone. It's going to be tough, but stranger things have happened. Cardiff City need a miracle, but we've got faith, we believe. We're reflecting on last week's disappointing loss to Fulham and looking forward to the game on Saturday with Gareth Baker. Enjoy. Well, joining me today to talk about that Fulham loss and looking ahead to the weekend against Crystal Palace is Gareth Baker. Hi, mate. How are you doing? You all right? Yes, not too bad. Thanks. How about you? Yeah, good, mate, considering I watched the latest Game of Thrones episode last night. Still a bit shaken up, but, you know, it's not as bad as following Cardiff, obviously. Oh, well, I'll admit I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher, but um, we'll save we'll save the listeners any any spoilers, because I'm sure that'll... Uh, yeah, no, that'll of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, it's been a crap couple of days, hasn't it? Since, since Saturday, just, I don't know about you, but I just felt totally deflated. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems that the gods are very much in favour of Brighton. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know if if I am deflated. It's kind of like a weird limbo of emotions where, you know, I think, you know, Paul Greno, the Indian blogger, put out a post uh, today about things you'll miss and things you won't miss and, I was kind of trying to think of things that I will miss from the Premier League. And, you know, it's great seeing us play against the elite players. Um, it's nice seeing Pep Guardiola in our touchline and stuff. But that's not everything for me. Like, it's not everything. And, you know, it's it's been great having all this coverage about Cardiff, but at the same time, it's bad as well. Um, so it's kind of like bittersweet. It looks like we're going down. But, you know, I started supporting Cardiff when we were in a much worse state. I know many other Cardiff fans have. And, you know, I don't feel worse off uh, without the prospect of Premier League. I don't know about you, mate. No, absolutely. I, I totally get what, what, you, what you're saying. And, and in a strange way, I'm not deflated about the position we find ourselves in. And, you know, obviously, I think every Cardiff fan would choose to stay up this season regardless of I love the championship the championship's great great division but for what it would mean to the club in terms of you know the money um you know writing off you more or more of our debt and more supporters in you know it can be a positive thing um we were expected to go down and I think at the start of the season we were all realistic about our chances of staying up so I don't think anyone or, or they certainly shouldn't be negative about the situation that we find ourselves in I just feel like going to Fulham you know who have had a horrid season who we beat earlier on in the season was a real opportunity to close the gap on Brighton you know who've got two tough games coming up Mm. and we just fucked it up but it's all I think really is that Warnock got the team selection wrong the players just didn't seem at the races as much as you know they usually did it you throughout the season, throughout Warnock's been in charge. To be fair, the one thing you can't criticise Cardiff City about is a lack of 
fight, I suppose. And it didn't, didn't seem to be there as much on, on Saturday. I don't know, what, don't know what you thought. Yeah, do you know what? There's no better description than we simply quite fucked it up. Like, it's... Um, I watched it. I uh, didn't get to go to Coven Cottage, unfortunately, but watched it with my mate. And we, for about 80 minutes of the game, all we kept saying to each other was, what are we doing? Like, yeah. just what are we doing like just try like it it's, it's almost like you're trying to be analytical and work out in your head what approach the players and the management are going <laughs> going with and you just you just think do you know what like warnock is quite and he came out and admitted that he got it wrong um it's not good enough like no. i love warnock but it's it's not good enough when your failure is is not getting our players to do what they've done all season and just fight for it. Why now, in our most important game of the season, did we lose our fight when it mattered? The only good attribute Cardiff City have had this season is our desire to win games and grind out a result. And we, until the final three minutes, we didn't look like we were going to do that. And the commentators were shocked. They were like, what... You know why have they not been doing this all game? Like we could have scored four goals in five minutes. Yeah, absolutely, and you're spot on. It's just it annoyed me a little bit. Warnock coming out and saying, obviously, he had to admit that he got it wrong. But like you said, we couldn't afford to get it wrong. You yeah. know, it, it it was as important as the game against Brighton, which he he and the players got absolutely spot on a few weeks ago. I just, I don't know. I don't know what happened and. Fulham have obviously got some good players, and it it was a wonder goal that that beat us. Um, you know, Ryan Bubble, and sometimes you have to hold your hands up and and say that. But throughout the game, Fulham hundred percent deserved deserved their win. I think. Yeah, they did deserve to win. They they tried to play football. They tried to win. They were still terrible. Um, you know, like they they certainly for a team who have spent a hundred million didn't look that much better in attack than Cardiff. Like which is, is crazy when you think about it. But they were at least they were actually getting in the final third, committing players in the final third. Whereas um, you know, there was a stage in the game where Camarazon or counter attack was breaking through with one of his, you know, glorious Spanish runs and he looks up and there's no one around him. That's yeah. unforgivable in a game that important. It's completely unforgivable. Like where like where was Niasse? You know where were where are wingers? Hoyler? Like what what were they doing? It was almost like Warnock set our wingers out to defend. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got. I think he got that wrong with with the wingers, and I, he's come out and said said that Josh Murphy has not trained well, left him out of the squads, and oh, I don't know. In, in one sense, obviously they've got to train well. You know they've got to, but. At the crunch time in a in a must win game against as well you know Dennis Adoy was was playing right back wasn't he who I think I would say is probably the worst right back in the league I know he went off injured <laughs> and Cyrus Christie came on but he's mm. been atrocious yeah so yeah. to put Junior Hoyler against him and no disrespect for Jun- Junior Hoyler who's been a great servant to Cardiff he's not someone that's going to be that direct and beat his man all the time he tries though for some reason he, he tries, tries. I, I mean I'd be interested to see the stats of how many successful take-ons he's he's completed this season, and it's not a, a, a 
disrespect towards Hoyler. He's good at what, what he does and he scores and won the goals this season. He's great last season. Defensively, he brings a lot to the team. Mm. But it just felt like in a game where you could say to Josh Murphy, you know, I you've not trained well. You know, you shouldn't get this opportunity, but go out and show why you you should be a Premier League player and cause problems. and Or, or play for, for us next season in the Championship. I yeah. mean, it's great like how Warnock has um, transformed Hoyler into a defensive winger. Um, he's quite unique in that aspect. But in a game like that, like you saw, in fairness to Nathaniel Mendes Lang, he did, he does beat his men. Yeah. Like he is capable of the very weird and wonderful skills that I don't know how he does because he looks like he's always just going to trip over the ball. But Hoylet <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just isn't that. It, it's almost like the way Hoylet runs with the ball. The ball is always very close to his feet, in a similar vein as Messi. I'm not comparing Hoylet to Messi. But he's trying to be the same kind of player where the ball's very close to his body, but he just gets tackled. It just means he hasn't got that kind of uh, magic to get past his man. He's got the pace, but it's almost like he doesn't have, you know, that football brain. Or it's almost like that bit of genius. Whereas Josh Murphy and Nathaniel Mendes Lang are a similar mold of players who will knock that ball past the defender and put that defender under pressure. Hoylet just didn't do that against Fulham and hasn't done it all season. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think it's obviously important to note that they are different types of players. And I don't want anyone to think that, you know, we're slagging Hoylet off, but completely, you know, agree. And where I think Hoylet is good is and in the championship was, was great is when we've got a big man up front and he can really play crosses in from deep. So he doesn't necessarily need to beat the man. He kind of checks in a bit plays across sort of to the back post or, or the man running on on the far post. This season where we've not really had, you know, a recognised striker for a, a lot of it. And then, you know, since Nias has come to sign, we've we've been built to to hit teams in behind with a bit of pace. And, you know, that's just not necessarily Hoylet's game. Um, but Murphy and Mendes Lang, it is. And Kadeem Harris as well, I think. I mean... Kadeem think... Harris, is, uh, he, he posted a video on his Instagram um of training highlights and he looks sharp if we're talking about not playing players because of how they train it was almost like Kadeem Harris put this on his Instagram as a cry for attention to be yeah. like look this I is what I'm doing well. in training yeah. yeah and yeah I don't understand it I don't understand you talk about you know certain things being Hoylet's kind of game and Josh Murphy being a certain kind of game I don't actually think football in general is Umar Nias's game I think he should go <laughs> into like ice skating or something because <laughs> when he gets the ball in that final third I, I can't figure out what he's trying to do yeah we, we've had some uh, disagreements this week in the last couple of days on, on view from the Indian haven't we in our little group yeah. chat about Nias, Healy and you know who should be you know who should we write a piece in defence of and you know I, I get what you're saying completely on, on Nias and but I agree with it was Ben James in our in our group that kind of said you know he's completely isolated. Um, yeah, he's isolated. Yeah, no, I look, I completely agreed with Ben when he said he was isolated. It's an unforgiven task playing up front for Cardiff City. But you know, Patson done it well. Patson's a yeah. right back, and at least when Patson got into that final third, third in and around the box, he I think Patson's got forty-one shot attempts this season for Cardiff. 
off the top of my head, fairly sure that's accurate. Um, that shows he's able to, you know, well, he's got the bravery to at least try. I just, I can't actually remember, other than an overhead kick against Liverpool that nearly went in, seeing Nyase shoot. <laughs> yeah. well, that, that one was it wasn't his debut maybe his, his home debut against Bournemouth or, or it was one of the games where he was clear through on goal and we thought this is it you know mm. he's one on with the keeper he's going to score here you know it's going to be great and he somehow just completely spooned it wide I, I don't even know what happened still to this this day I don't know if it bobbled or he just got his feet in the middle but I know what you mean and it'll be interesting we, we obviously We'll never know, but what would have happened if if Callum Patterson had just stayed up front all season? Because yeah, but... there was this crying, you know, need for a, a striker. But actually, when Patterson was up front, we were doing all right. Yeah, well, Patterson was doing. Yeah, yeah. he was he was the best of a bad bunch, if you know what I mean, in terms of strikers. Not criticizing Patterson, he was he was great for us. Uh, but quite simply, we are going down to the Championship because of a lack of investment in a striker um you know it's kind of that that might seem quite a harsh statement because obviously we did try and sign uh Miliana Salah and that is just a horrible situation uh but you know you have it's not I'm not saying it's Cardiff City's fault because we did try but unfortunately without having a recognized striker who has shown he can score goals in the top flight um that is why we're going down like it's, you can't you can't survive in the Premier League without a great striker to score you plus ten goals. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're saying. Obviously, like I said, it's hard to to criticise Cardiff because they did go out and and sign or, or try to sign Emiliano Salah, and we'll never know you know the impact he could have had. But mm. you know, back to the summer, I think it was clear that we needed a, an out and out striker, and you know, we kind of put all our eggs in Kenza Hall's basket, and that. Didn't really go too well, but you know we did spend upwards of ten million pounds on on Bobby Reed, and you know your yeah, guess but, is as good as mine as what's happening there. Yeah, Bobby Reed though he's not he's not a striker, he's not um, a leading man. That's my personal opinion. He's not, I but feel, he can score goals. He can score goals, but he scores most of his goals from an attacking midfield and number ten position. He'd done that for Bristol City. And he scored three of his four goals for Cardiff City this season from that central midfield role. Every time he's played striker for Cardiff, he hasn't scored. And he's found himself offside 11 times, more than any Cardiff player this season. And it's all when he's been up front. So if we're talking why Bobby Reid hasn't played, I, th- I think it's because Warnock doesn't see him as a striker, as a leading man, more of an attacking midfielder. Unfortunately, that's occupied by Victor Camaraza. Um, so, you know, it's difficult. Bobby Reed can score goals, but only in an attacking midfield position. And he's shown he can do that this season in that position, but so's Camaraza. So, you know, yeah. I, we're going down to the championship. So, well, I mean, unless a miracle happens. And that's kind of a good thing for Bobby Reed because Camaraza's very unlikely to stay at Cardiff in the championship. So that attacking midfielder position opens up for Bobby Reid. Absolutely. Yeah, I think if if we do go down, which like I said, it's likely, I think Bobby Reid will be an incredible, important player next year, as probably will, will Josh Murphy if, you know, mm. Warnock keeps the faith in him. Um, but, I mean, the big question that's been on, on everyone's minds and, you know, even when it happened, the disbelief was... 
like you said, the thinking is Bobby Reed's best at uh, sort of attacking midfield. He's not been playing as much because Victor Camarasa's there. Mm. Saturday, Victor Camarasa comes off and Reese Healy comes on. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Reed sat on the bench, and I mean, I I still just I can't I I don't know I don't even understand it. Bobby Reed must have just been sat there thinking, God, you know. I betrayed my uh, the club uh, that I played for by signing for Cardiff, the arch rivals. Yeah. And here I am sitting here and they won't even play me. When you look at his game against Bournemouth, Bobby Reid, after that game, I remember thinking, right, we have a quality player here who can save us. You know, someone who or at least can ignite a bit more creativity through that middle channel. And whatever he's done to Neil Warnock, I have no idea. Um, I, I still haven't seen a journalist ask Warnock, why aren't you playing Bobby Reed? Yeah, absolutely, which is really frustrating. I think that's what all the all the fans want to know. And like I said, Reed was outstanding against Bournemouth, but also in the reverse fixture against Fulham. He was really good and, and scored, you know. Oh, yeah. Scored yeah, our good second point. goal. So, I mean, and, you know, no disrespect again to... So Reese Healy, um, it's not his fault, but he's a League One, League Two player, not a Premier League player. And you know, like I said, what what was Bobby Reed? Because Warnock's could not come out and commented at all on Bobby Reed. It's not like with Mendes Lang and Murphy, he's come out and said, you know, he's not training particularly well. Um, mm. And to be honest, Bobby Reed doesn't strike me necessarily as that person. He seems like a very grounded, down to earth guy who's really hard working and he's shown that on the pitch every time um, and he's involved in every match day squad so I can't see it being a training thing which which I just I then don't know what it is Do you know what I think it is like I've got a bit of a hunch that Warnock um, uh, seen what has happened with Jamie Vardy, someone who's gone from National League and all the way up to the Premier League, um, I think he almost wants to make Healy a success story, something that he can like take um, like a bit of credit for. Because if you look, <laughs> if you look at Reese Healy, the last two seasons, he scored six goals in eight games for Torquay United in the conference, and then nine goals in twenty-one games for Milton Keynes in League Two. That's an okay return in terrible leagues that are by far, you know. They're ages away from the quality of the Premier League, and what what it's, I don't want to criticise a Cardiff City player too much, but he does not deserve to be playing Premier League football. No, and like we say, this this is that's not a criticism of Reece Healy. It's a criticism of the decision to include him and bring him on instead of Bobby Reed, yeah. who we spent ten twelve million on. It's very irresponsible of Neil Warnock. It's another thing that he got so so wrong in that game was putting Reese Healy in the firing line. Like, that's so unfair on him to do that because, you know, so many people were criticising Reese Healy, even mentioning him on Twitter, which is completely wrong to do. And, you know, Reese Healy's not going to be like, no, nah, sorry, Neil, no, nah, I don't really want to come on. I'm shit, you know. He's going to come on. That's his yeah. job. So Warnock needs to take a bit of responsibility there because that's just, that was harsh. Yeah, completely. I, I agree. And, you know, it's obviously a shame the 
the kind of abuse and comments that Healy has got on social media. And like you said, it's not, it's never nice to see that fans criticizing or being disrespectful towards, towards one of our own. And, you know, hopefully, you know, a few fans realize that and, and sort of cut that out. But, you know, like you say, it's just one of those games and, you know, two games left now. It's, it's looking impossible. We need an absolute miracle, don't we? We need to win both games because of the, the goal difference. So Brighton are obviously four points ahead of us, but there's a 14 sort of goal swing between between us. I mean, you could see Brighton conceding 10 over the next two games against Man City <laughs> and Arsenal, but, um, you know, we've got to win both games and that starts with Palace at home on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm quite an optimistic Cardiff fan until the game kicks off, obviously. But <laughs> you know, um, it's it's a it's an uphill task, definitely. Um, but it's not impossible. Fulham have won three games in a row, for instance. You know, and they're worse than Cardiff. So I think we're capable. We are we are capable of beating Crystal Palace, and I think we're capable of beating Manchester United. But it's just not going to happen. Um, it's you're relying on too much things to happen for that to happen. Even if we draw against Man United and beat Crystal Palace, we're down because you're relying on Brighton conceding a boatload of goals when they only conceded one goal against Tottenham, and that took a moment of, of magic because they just parked the bus and they're good at doing it. Yeah, absolutely, and you know. Of the two games, you look at Palace saying that's the more winnable one. It's obviously the last home game of the season at the Cardiff City Stadium. But Palace have been on you know, a good run of form and beat Newcastle. They obviously lost to Man City, but beat Arsenal and drew to Everton. So they're on a good run of form and they've got some players that could really you know, cause damage to, to Cardiff City. And no more than the next Cardiff man, Will Saha, who might be you know, on a mission to prove to Cardiff fans that you know, we didn't get the real Wilkes Aha, as, as he said recently. Yeah, he's. Uh, I don't really count him as a former Cardiff player. He was just some. He was just a body wearing a he's shirt when he was. A, yeah, he was. And but they've got Millie Holovic up front. Um, I hope that's the correct pronunciation. I have practiced that. Um, but twelve goals. You know, well, he's, he's centre mid, isn't he? And he scores all, all penalties. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. But he's he's. They do have goals around the field, um, and Zaha is dangerous. He's a great player for Crystal Palace, and Crystal Palace only. It's like he was born to play for that team and no one else. Yeah, yeah, it's it's hard to say where it's going to go, mate. To be honest, it's one of those it's one of those games where um, you know Crystal Palace are a Premier League team. Um, they they have been for a while. Um, they have because they've been in the Premier League for a few years. That means they have. You know, tens and tens of millions consecutively from, you know, consecutive seasons of investment in their team. So you look all over the field, and there's just millions and millions being spent. And then there we are with a uh, ten million striker on the bench. You know, this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, it's just. I feel a bit even more deflated now after after properly thinking about all of this. And just yeah, but like we've said, it's not the end of the world if if we go down, is it? It's been a it's been a great season uh, back in the Premier League. I think that everyone's enjoyed, and it's you know it's been eventful as, as every Cardiff City Premier League season seems to be. Yeah, look, I don't want to be too deflated. Like, and I don't want anyone listening to this to feel deflated because 
I love following Cardiff City and it's been great seeing us in the Premier League. But, you know, I love seeing us in the Championship as well at the same time. We'll be winning more games. We've got Swansea City to play home and away, which is amazing. Yeah, Bristol City. next year, yeah. Yeah, Bristol City home and away. You've got Luton Town coming up. Um, you know, you've got like either Portsmouth, Sunderland. You know, there's good teams coming up, and you know we've got Fulham to, who are almost like our new adopted rivals next season to play again. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't want to be too pessimistic, Scott, because although we're going down, I think none of our players have attracted enough attention to go to any other clubs other than championship clubs and why would they want to leave um, us to go to another championship club I think Etheridge Absolutely. could go possibly yeah. but it means that we're getting a team that fared fairly well in the Premier League in the championship so you know let's be positive about it you know Absolutely you're right and I think you know like I said most of this squad will be the, be here next season Etheridge is, is probably the one but I'd still be fairly confident you know that he would be here next season. Arta will go, Camaras will go, Gunnarsson's going. So that centre of midfield is is where maybe we need reinforcements. But, you know, Bobby Reid will probably come into that that sort of centre of attack in midfield position where Camaras has been. I can see Patterson maybe filling in in, in centre mid. Um, mm. You know, Warnock clearly doesn't see him as a right back. So he'll, he'll be centre mid and, you know, out wide a bit. So that's another great one coming back. Rawls is a great championship midfielder. Um, mm. So you know, one another sort of centre mid, maybe someone like Will Vokes or Nick Powell, someone like that coming in, and and I think we've got a great squad. Yeah, I think it'd be better next season to um, play Patterson out wide, which he has done for Cardiff, uh, to win those balls in the air because yeah. he is quite effective out there. And to sign a Lewis Graben, uh, who's at Nottingham Forest, for instance, fifteen goals in twenty eight games for Nottingham Forest, you know, invest ten million in a proven championship striker, some someone like that. But, you know, knowing Cardiff City will just ruin his career, like Lafondre <laughs> and all the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're wait we're still waiting for a good uh a real good striker. It's been a few years, hasn't it, since we Yeah, who would who would be the last one? Probably Bothroyd maybe? Yeah, I was thinking Ch- Bothroyd and, and Chopra, because since then obviously we've had Zahor the last couple of years, he had that one good season. We had a few Who is the last Cardiff player to score plus ten goals in a season? Like, oh, I don't know. that's an interesting must stat. A, Patterson must have scored a few last over ten last year, didn't he? I don't know. You'll have to check but, that. But mate. striker, it must Zahor that that sort of second half of the season scored a few. But before that, I mean, we just went through a sort of torrid run of strikers, didn't he? Of like Lafondra and people like that, Ewan Doyle or or whatever his name was. That was Ewan Doyle, yeah, bloody hell. Alex Ravel and you know. <laughs> oh my god! This is just. Awful. I'm just like remembering all of these Russell Slade strikers now. It's just. Uh, so, yeah, no, we're due a good one and it'd be good for, good to see whichever division. I think the club probably needs to go out and, and sort of sign a, a good, recognised and, you know, leading striker because I don't think we can rely on, on Zahor, sadly. Yeah, Junior Hoyt scored 11 goals last season. There you go. Perfect. Well, someone did it. Mm, there we are. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Gareth, before I let you go, what is your score prediction for Saturday? Uh, I'm going to go with 1-0 Cardiff yeah I, I think it, it's the hope that kills you isn't it so I think we'll <laughs> definitely win on Saturday I th- I'm going to go for a 2-1 and go into Old Trafford on the last day of the season with that hope of 
you know, a miracle and then it'll probably get killed off. So perfect. Yeah. Gareth, thank you very much for, for joining us and uh, enjoy the rest of the season. Yeah, nice one, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.